getting a warm um, weather like a couple of days ago. So I told him um, maybe the weather is preparing for our arrival here. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. And we thank you for your prayers and your partnership with us. And as a, as a church, we have one master, one Lord to, to serve and love. And let's open our Bible to Acts chapter 17. I will be reading 16 uh, through 20. Acts 17, 16 through 20. Now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he was observing the city full of idols. So he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be present. And also some of the Epicurean and some Stoic philosophers were conversing with him. Some were saying, what would this idol babbler wish to say? Others, he seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus saying, may we know what this new teaching is which, are, which you are proclaiming. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears, so we want to know what these things mean. Let's pray. Father, we come to your presence, Lord, and we thank you because we are not worshiping an abstract God, because through your word, we can know you. Revealed word, we can know you. And through the Holy Spirit, which you have promised to give to us, and we receive when we are saved by your grace and your mercy so we can understand there's a witness within us that what we are reading, what we are learning, what we are studying is the truth. And the truth that is not any truth, but the truth that reveals who you are, Lord. And as we come and bow down to know you, we, will, we are broken, Lord, into that being, the holy, the perfect. And so we have Christ who died for our sins, who paid the penalty, who satisfied your justice. And we embrace him. And we, as your truth proclaim, your son. We can call you Abba, Father. Lord, such a wonderful truth. And I pray this morning continue to deepen our understanding of your truth, to comfort us, to encourage us, to call us to your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I entitled this message, The Biblical uh, Mission, because if you are reading the, this passage, in, starting in 17 verse 1, Paul, they are traveling from places to places. And, and they were driven out, 
Not because they love to, they want to, but they were driven out because of the persecution. And it's so amazing, they were persecuted not because they were criminals, but they were persecuted because they were preaching Christ. They were preaching the truth. And it's so hard to chew that one, that truth. You, you have this love, this passion, you are not killing anyone, you are not uh, disturbing or, or make, uh, doing harm to anyone, and yet they are thinking you are uh, doing the, the, that negative, negatively, like a criminal. But now we go to verse 16, that Paul was waiting for them. Maybe his companion told that, <laughs> Paul, you go ahead. And then we will see what they will do. So you can travel fast, not with us. <laughs> so if anything happens, so you can travel fast. You don't mind us. It's okay. Because persecution after persecution. But you see, we can see here that what drives a pole, and since this is revealed to us by God, and also what will drive Christians, what will drive us, not only as a church, also as an individual in your community, in your house, workplaces. What will drive us to and be motivated to proclaim, to share the truth. And so we read here, it says, Now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him. As he was observing the city full of idols. Now, mission, Christian mission is not about like telling them just the words. Giving them just the words. No. For Christian, this is so personal. The emotion is there. Deep. But. The direction of this emotion or the motivation of this emotion is not in a selfish way. It's not fleshly. It is emotion driven by the knowledge of who God is. That is why I put here in my bullet, God-motivated emotion. Because sometimes... That's the, they, they will say we have a, an organization or what do you call that one? Uh, the organization in, in the Philippines, there is Pentecostalism and there is Baptist. <laughs> I don't know, Pentecostalism, they believe in baptism of the Holy Spirit. Of course, Baptist, they believe in baptism, though infant. So they, they, they have this saying, the Pentecostal, they say, they have this full of emotion. But the Baptist will say, no knowledge. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if this group will admit that. But this group also will point to that group, the Baptist, they will say, oh, they are full of knowledge. But they have no emotion. <laughs> so here is sola gratia. We want to have both. <laughs> because emotion for emotion's sake will, is, is a dangerous road. Knowledge also for knowledge's sake, um, it is also 
dangerous. It will make you proud or unfeeling or no, no feeling at all. But if you have the knowledge of God, the truth of God, and it is communicated by the Holy Spirit from within, you will not be an emotionless or you will not always and you will not be also a mindless being or person because you have this deep knowledge of who God is and so your emotion will arise seeing these people it says here because Paul was observing that the city was full of idols Seeing these people that they have in their heart, they make God that is not God. In their heart, they made this priority that is not the priority. And if you let them go that way, it is destruction to them. It is destruction to them. And not only destruction to them, but also because the wrath of God is upon them. The wrath of God is upon them. But we, the object of God's grace, the object of God's mercy, do not want that picture to continue. We want a God-honoring People, society, culture. And we want also a people that is in joy, in joyful array. That within, overflowing with love for our God. And so look at here. It says, His spirit was being provoked within Him. And this word provoke is, this is so high an emotion that it even be translated provoked to wrath. I know in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, love does not easily, or is not easily being provoked. There, because it is a negative, in a negative sense, being provoked in a selfish uh, motivation, with a selfish motivation that will lead you to sin. But also, if you read in Ephesians 4, verse 26, it says there, be angry. And then there's a, like a parenthesis, it says, but do not sin. But do not sin. But there is a sense that a Christian needs to have this high of emotion or height of emotion that is being commanded by the Lord. Motivated by, not because you want to Put yourself in front, but motivated by who God is. And before that verse in Ephesians 4, in 25, it says there, tell the truth. Tell the truth. So in us, telling the truth, it is not like that you are like detached to the truth. This is the truth, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You need to do this. One plus one equals two. No. When we tell them the truth, it is they, they can see also in us that it is so 
intertwined from within our person, that truth. That's why we love to tell them the truth. That's why they can see that we are offended by if they are not walking by that truth. There is an offense. But this is not an offense that you would clinch your fist. But when you receive that offense, the Lord says, you turn your right cheek. How is that? Anger and then at the same time turning your left or right cheek to be striped or struck. So, there is this deep knowledge of who God is. And this is why we have this pulpit. And this is why we have the scripture. So that we will be reminded of who the Lord is. Not only in our mind, but deep within. And as I proclaim, my prayer is, the Lord in His grace and in His mercy through the Holy Spirit is witnessing in you. My word will not suffice. I know, especially if you see me here, a brown, an Asian, and you white, we look at you. It's so easy if a white person will preach in the Philippines, they will listen because you're white. And they will just absorb what is being said in the pulpit because you are white. And sad to say, most of the active white person that goes around are those who are false. So we receive the false teaching. But we want to invite Pastor Mike and Pastor John to go there and preach. You're white. <laughs> but we will not bring you to a dangerous place where uh, white, they, will, they will eat white. So be, be, be safe with that. <laughs> so there is this, the knowledge of God. Look at Exodus chapter 20 verse 1. Up to two. This is the highlight of every book, I say. Maybe because of this study. Then God spoke all these words saying, it is about the Ten Commandments. It says there in my uh, Bible, they entitled it the Ten Commandments. But listen, we, um, the Lord communicated these words, the commandments, the issue is not only this is what you do, do this, do not. But listen in verse 2. I am the Lord your God. Sometimes Christians, they are like a statue. Because if I do this, is this sin? Or if I don't do this, is it sin? And it's dangerous. Because James says, if you know what is to be done, and then you do not do it, it's sin. So it's hard to be a statue if you're a Christian. But you see, sometimes you hear this, do this, don't do, do this, don't do, and it makes you like stiff-necked person. You don't know where to turn. But understanding this in God's perspective, you do things. Because you are driven by this truth. Because I am the Lord. So the question is, if I do this, will this be 
for the glory of God. Oh, will this be, or will this offend God? Or will this honor God? That's the measurement. That should be the standard. And of course, this is beautiful for Christians because we do not speculate on what honors God and what does not honor God, but we have a witness from within. That is why we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that is why we have also the scripture, because the Holy Spirit will point to us to that truth, and that truth, He will work from within. And that is why we can work, we can express out of that emotion, an emotion that is driven by the knowledge of God. I am the Lord, your God, it says. In Leviticus also, you can read that. Every, every instruction, da, da, ra, do this, and then you can read, I am the Lord, your God. I am the Lord, your God. When Moses was talking to the Lord and asked him, what is your name? He said, I am the great I am. So that I am, we are not free to speculate who that I am. It must be revealed who that I am. He must reveal himself who that I am. Because he is saying, I am. I am not saying, this is who you are. No, he is saying, I am. So there should be a witness of the truth. Revelation of the truth. And that is what we can find in the Bible, in the scripture. And that is what we are preaching. This truth. And then look at in Exodus 19.4. I will just highlight this. The Lord bringing out the Israel, Israel as a nation, going, uh, bringing out in the land of Egypt. And there is a promise of a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And so you are thinking that from Egypt, the Lord will bring them to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. But actually, it is not really the land that is flowing with milk and honey that is ultimate. Listen to this. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. And how I bore you on eagle's wings. And highlight that words. And brought you to myself. And brought you to myself. As a, as a pastor and then grow with a pastor in a family. I'm glad the Lord saved me, not only saved me through the preaching of the gospel, but really saved me because he brought me to a family that is a God-honoring family, you know, the, the story. That is why I'm still Ion, <laughs> and I like it when, they, when I'm in America because they, they, men, they, they, they pronounce it Aeon, and Aeon in Greek is, just, is like eternal, time that is ongoing, Aeon. <laughs> and someone asked me, what is Amiel? 
Um, my grandmother gave me that name because she's also a Roman Catholic, but uh, he, she reads the Bible. And she saw maybe it's a good sounding name, but bad reputation. Amiel is one of the 12 spies. Only Joshua and Caleb gave the good report, so you know Amiel. <laughs> but Amiel there is uh, two letter, uh, double M, but they cut it, uh, just one M. But the meaning of that is Ami is people, and then L, God, is people of God. And then if you combine them, no, I'm not preaching about my name, sorry, but it's like a good illustration. My name is not inspired. <laughs> you can rebuke me afterward. <laughs> Amiel means a people of God, and then if you pronounce it Aeon, for eternity, forever. And that's sweet. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we are, we, we are expecting of that eternity with God not because we belong to a denomination or to a group, but because the Lord brought us to Himself. To Himself. This is the problem in the Philippines because sometimes they think that, oh, I am saved now because I, I went out from the Catholic group and now I am in the evangelical group, so I am saved. No. But the sad thing is, when they are in the Catholic group, they wake up like 4 a.m., to attend or 5 a.m. to attend there is a morning service 6 a.m. but when they become an evangelical they wake up like 11 <laughs> so I'm thinking what happened to their excitement so so that is not excitement maybe that is fear but here because no fear so it is an attitude of complacency but, you see, in the Bible, no fear. Not because God is taking away emotion from you so that you will be complacent. But the Bible says, love dispels fear. So now you are driven by love. So why not? You, you, a Christian should be more excited than before. Not because they are driven of fear that if they do not go early in a Sunday service, there is a penalty or what's that, vineyard and whatsoever. I don't know the term. Or they will uh, walk by their knees as a penalty. And I hate that. <laughs> so driven by fear. But now in, in His grace, under the grace of God, not that you have no fear. Actually, you have. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But this fear is not you're fearing His rod. But this fear is out of respect because you love Him. Because you have known who He is. Because he, the Lord is not in the business of pulling out people from that group, and then they will put in sola gratia, so that sola gratia can report good things with you, and you will be excited, and 
we to be excited to report? No. God is doing His salvation, pulling out people out from darkness, pulling out people from their sin, pulling out people from false, and brought them to Himself. And that we need to grow in that area. It is not enough that you are out of that group and now you are in this group. You sh- we should be growing in knowing who God is, who He is. We are not in the business of being a cultic. You know what the cult is? The cult is they, they present salvation. You are saved if you are part of their group. So they are not presenting the Lord. They are presenting the group. And we have that group in the, in the Philippines. If you are outside of their group, you are not saved. But no, the Bible is clear. If you are not in Christ, if you do not know Christ, if you will not obey Christ, if you will not listen to Him, take heed of His word, you are not saved. Remember the first, the first command that we hear when the Lord is about to save us is come to me. That's a command. Come to me. We are not inviting Christ. Come to me, Lord, so I'll be saved. No. He is commanding us, come to me. And you respond in obedience because the Holy Spirit also is pushing you to Him, to the Lord. So, like in Hosea, it says there, let us pursue the knowledge of Him. In Hosea 6, 6, the word says there, let's go there, Hosea 6, 6. That's a very small book. Sometimes it's hard to, to find. This is the word of the Lord. Hosea 6, 6. For I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice. And in the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Now, sacrifice and burnt offerings, this is the activity they do in the temple. The Lord is not in the business of watching you doing that activity. You are doing that activity like burnt offering and sacrifice in their time. Because that is a recognition that before I will be right with God, for me to be right with God, there should there is someone or something that will absorb the wrath of God for me. That is why there is sacrifice. Or there is a sin offering, they say. And because you are so joyful that the Lord has forgiven you out of His mercy and then someone satis- or something satisfied that justice, you are now rejoicing in Him. That's why you are giving another like offering, to offer a thanksgiving to the Lord. That is in their time. But now, we have no altar here that there is flowing with blood here. No, no more. Why? 
because we have Christ. He is the offering. He is the, the sacrifice. So the activity now is we listen to His Word. So there is not much more activity like in the temple before. There's a high priest, there's sacrifice, you bring it. So it's like it's, it's boring, they say. Oh, this is boring religion. But no, this is actually not boring because now it is not on the activity. But you see here, it says, even in that time that they have this activity, the Lord revealed that the activity is of no value if, it, if you are doing it with a heart that is far from Him. See, that's why the Lord said, I delight in loyalty. You are doing this because you are bowing down to me. And then it says, in the knowledge of God, you are doing this because you are trembling before God, before the holy God. And that is why God needs to make a point. He killed two of the, who's that, priests? Who offered a strange offering. See? Because they are thinking, ah, oh, if we can do this, do this, enough to the Lord. As long as we can perform this. But you see, the Lord killed them to show that there should be fear of me because I am holy. I am righteous. I am pure. Don't do that. Don't do that. And we, when we come here, and we hearing this word, I'm, I'm only on the surface of the subject of knowing God. But upon hearing and hearing upon the messages being exposed from the word of God, you will realize that truly the Lord is so holy like Isaiah in Isaiah 6. I saw the glory of the Lord. And the angel there singing, holy, 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 triple. You cannot read in the Bible, love, love, love. Only these attributes were repeated three times. Not only for emphasis, but super emphasis. If only the Bible can contain one million holy, holy, they will put it here. But they cannot give more instruction to us. So he just limited holy, holy, holy. But we get the point. Because in literature, if you want to make a point, twice is enough. But here, thrice. Triplet. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. And the angel. And look at their response. Not only saying those words, but they respond in, in that knowledge. They cover their face. That's a picture of fear, humility. And then I heard that preacher, he, he, this strikes me because he asked the question, who are these angels or seraphim in his presence? They do not have, they, they did not sin. But where is that shame came? They are sinless. Because if they sin, they will be brought down. But they are in the presence of this holy God. Even being without sin. 
in the presence of God, you will tremble. They tremble. And the prophet Isaiah, a prophet, as he is, I was surprised because he highlighted that the expression of his sin is in his mouth. I, I was surprised because the prophet, they're using their mouth to preach the gospel, to proclaim. And now, seeing the holiness of God, even the mouth that he is using for the ministry, he said, I'm, I'm in sin. But the Lord cleanses it. That is why knowledge of God not an abstract being revealed in the truth, will drive us to Christ. Listen to uh, John 17.3. John 17 verse 3. It says here, This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Why that word is so important? Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Because if I stop in this truth that the knowledge of God, who God is, I am who I am, you keep on reading and reading and reading and you will find out, oh no, I'm in big, big trouble. Because He is holy and I am not. He is pure, and I am not. He's telling me that I should seek Him as who He is, but I am seeking Him because He can give me this. He knows it. I cannot hide anything from Him. I cannot hide that I love my family more than Him. I cannot hide that pride is in my heart. I cannot hide that feeling inferior or sometimes feeling superior is in my heart. I cannot hide that from the Lord. We cannot hide that. And so what is good news for us? The good news for us is Christ paid it all. Christ satisfied the demand, the just demand of God. Christ absorbed the wrath of God. Christ offered the perfect sacrifice. And I always look at this picture so that in Christ we have discomfort. In Christ we have peace. Look at Matthew 26 verse 39. Matthew 26, verse 39. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed. This is the Lord Jesus saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Why did Jesus utter those 
words. You can accuse me of being a babbler also, like what they did to Paul, because I'm picking up truth out from the preacher also. I'm just collecting also the truth. <laughs> but I made sure that those truths are in line in the scripture. This is not my own knowledge. Though I am poor with remembering who the author is, so I cannot tell you, quote from, sorry for that. But I said this so they will not accuse me of plagiarism. <laughs> Why Jesus uttered those words? It is not because he is fearful of death. No. But rather it's the reverse. Actually, the Lord Jesus is not looking at death as death because the death have no hold of him. Because only death is for the sinner. For the wages of sin is death. Jesus, he walked perfectly. I sanctified myself, he said, as a human. Even in his humanity, in his obedience to God the Father, he is so perfect. In his obedience to the Old Testament, he is so perfect. Even John the Baptist told him, No, you cannot be baptized by me. I should be baptized by you. Because my baptism is for repentance of sin. That is hard for John to conceive. But the Lord Jesus, it is not about repenting of sin, but it is about obedience. Because you are a prophet of the Lord. You are being prepared by the Lord to tell this this, this truth, and I am an Israelite, and that message is for the Israelite, so I need to obey. How amazing is that? It is not because of sin. The Lord Jesus, whenever He does something, it is not because He is struggling of sin. But when the Lord Jesus is doing something, it is because He is perfectly obeying. Obeying the Father. So he said this prayer, let this cup, because that cup, it pictures in the Old Testament, is about the cup of the wrath of God. You can read that in Jeremiah 25, uh, 15 to 17. That's the clear picture of that wrath. The wrath of God. So now how is this? The prayer of that perfect person that is saying to his father, if it is possible, take away this cup. Only a perfect being can pray that prayer. Why? Because a sinful being will say, you are right when you judge me. You are righteous when you give me that cup. I deserve that cup. But the Lord Jesus in his prayer, if it is possible, take away this cup. Because that cup is not for him. But so amazingly, only if, if, if only we can know what is in the heart of Christ. Because Christ alone knows how holy God is. Christ alone knows how, how that wrath is. The bitterness of that Cup only the Lord Jesus knows. Because we, though we, we express wrath, we, dis, we express anger, but that anger is 
tainted with sin, so it's not really wrath, the, the pure, the pureness of it. Only pure can understand that. And that is the word of Christ here. And it's so amazing. The Lord Jesus said, Your will be done. That is why you can read that in Acts 17. They say, we need to hear you. What's that? Jesus and the resurrection. See? The Lord provoked from within because they were full of idols. They are doing these things not to the true God. They are worshiping the false God. If only they knew who God is, it will make them tremble. Not in celebrative way. Like the pride parade. No. You know, I, I weep when I heard that pride parade because it's not only here. It's also in the, in the Philippines. They are active. And they are using the symbol of the Lord, the rainbow. That's a promise of the Lord that I will not judge the world again. But they miss this one point, by flood. It did not say, I will not judge the world again, period. No, I will not judge the world by water or by flood. You can read in Peter, he will judge through fire. So that rainbow is nonsense. Because when, when they, Lord, we have this rainbow, he will not judge us. And the Lord will tell them, I'm not bringing water, I'm bringing fire. But the Lord Jesus took that wrath. And so that is our message also. We point them to who God is according to His Word. His holiness, His righteousness, His purity. And then when they tremble, caused by the Holy Spirit, we show them also Christ who died for our sins who satisfied the wrath of God obediently, saying, Thy will be done. And he drank it all the way down so that no more wrath will come upon us if we are in Christ Jesus. See? So this building can absorb any rain so we are safe inside but if you go outside imagine what you are receiving the fullness of that rain but this building is not that strong that illustration will fail but the Lord Jesus is so perfect so righteous so safe a refuge that's why in Psalm chapter 2, I will close here. Listen to this. In Psalm chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Do homage to the Son. Take refuge, in another translation, to the Son. Not to a, to a denomination, not to a group, no, not to an organization, no, not to any religion, no, 
it says, to the Son. That He not be angry or become angry. Or else, you perish in the way. For His wrath may soon be kindled. You see, the wrath is still there. But, the wrath was satisfied in Christ. So if we take refuge in Christ, it says, how blessed are all who take refuge in Him. We are blessed. Not because of what we can do or what we are doing. We keep on doing. No. We are blessed because we are in And you will do a God-honoring deeds because Christ will, through the, the Holy Spirit, will strengthen you to do that. Because Christ's life is your standard. That's why it says in another verse, Beholding, we with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of Christ. And as we behold who, God, who Christ is, you're just not reading, studying, To fill up your brain. No, it says there. And are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. The Father is so pleased to look at us. The Father is so pleased to call us His Son. Because we are walking in the life of His Son. Not a stranger. No. But He can... Recognize that is my son's life. The son whom I am well pleased. The son whom receive all my just demand. And so we are in Christ. And there is a verse that says, We are in him because of him. For by his will, we are in him. That's See? like the Lord is pushing us to the Son. <laughs> It's not us per se that making that step and going to the Son. No. It is the Lord teaching us, the Father teaching us and they shall be taught by God and all that is taught by God will come to me because God is bringing His people to Himself. And if you read back again to Acts 17, there are three responses there. The other, they mock. And I pray that by God's grace, you will not mock. The other, they will kind of, I, I think it about it. I think about it. I need to go another Sunday. Let me see. Don't wait. What if there is no more Sunday? But the other, believe. Believe. And that is my prayer. For us believers, this should be our comfort. We just proclaim the truth. Because we know that we need to proclaim. Because God will put in our hearts His emotion. And then you proclaim Him. The hope for all people. Or else, we are looking 
at this culture without Christ, getting ready for the judgment to come. You will not announce that, be ready for a typhoon, be ready for uh, that tsunami, and then they will not go out from their place. If you say, be ready, they need to move out. Because that typhoon will not say, move out. No, it will really go. And the same. We're not saying be ready for the wrath that is coming, that you continue what you're doing, being uh, unholy. No. Say be ready, meaning move out. But we cannot move them out. This is hope. The Lord, in His grace and in His mercy, will move them out. Will take them and bring them to Himself. And so beautiful picture of that. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Going back to history, what the apostles are doing, they are full of emotion because they are full of the knowledge of you, Lord, who you are. And we are not far, far, far from them because we have your truth still being communicated to us. We have your truth translated in many languages, being preached, being uh, learned, studied, being taught. Lord, I pray that by your work of grace, you grip our hearts and help us to see your beauty, your glory in the face of the Lord Jesus. Grow us, comfort us, and to those who are far, bring them to yourself, Lord. Thank you, you are faithful. In Jesus' name we pray.